um, the work that's going on going in the uh, Bahamas. You know, uh, we uh, you remember uh, close to two years ago now that we went down to. Well, we've been going down for several years to minister the word of God down there, but we they had that horrible hurricane that came through Dorian that devastated them, and we went down on several occasions to help in the rebuilding efforts down there. And uh, I was just asked to give a little update. All of the assembly buildings now are back up to full speed, and that just happened over the last couple of months. They finally got electricity back in all the buildings. They finally have new flooring in, new ceilings in, new elect, uh, lights up, and, and they're going well. But that isn't true of all the people who live there. There are several whose homes still are not livable. There are several whose homes are still in, the, in, the, in flux. We rejoice that yesterday a couple of uh, containers came in that had all these supplies that they had been waiting for for months to come so they can begin building homes again. And so we're very thankful for that. So it's coming along. The work is coming along there. And for that, we are, we are thankful. And so for your continued prayers, we appreciate that. We'll head down again in the, in the wintertime. People ask me, oh, quite frequently, people will ask me, um, you live in Connecticut? Why, don't, how come you went from the Philippines, living in the Philippines all those years, to living in, in, in Connecticut? How, how do you deal with the winters? Do you like the winters there? I said, I love the winters there. I spend January, February, and some of March in the Bahamas. <laughs> so, so, the, so, the, uh, so the weather here doesn't bother me at all in the wintertime. Uh, just thankful to the Lord for his goodness. You know, the, the Lord is, is moving. And he has not stopped moving. He began and put this world in order. And he created man and placed him here in this globe. And he has not stopped moving. The footprints of God are over all his works. The footprints of God are over all his people. We see and have experienced God in our lives. We know the reality of God. And we know as we look at Scripture and we move through the Scriptures with Him, seeing Him reveal Himself, progressively revealing Himself to man. And the way in which He does that, the revelations that He brings. We talked about last week how it's just like a life being lived. That we grow up from innocence of, of infancy to having to learn what is good and what is wrong, good and what is evil, and having to make choices between those two things, and then realizing that we could not make the choices, that we had no ability in and of ourselves to do it. We saw that laws came in to govern our behavior. The Word of God became laws and rules and behavior that was expected of men and women. And we realized that we could not do it. But there was a promise from God. And the Messiah came. And the Lord Jesus Christ came. And He died on the cross to secure our redemption. God is moving. He hasn't stopped moving. Through the annals of time, God has been moving. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12 this morning. 
so far in, in our look at these dispensations, these periods of time in which God is giving stewardships unto men, giving men responsibilities. We've looked at the, the dispensation of innocence. We looked at the dispensation of conscience. And we are moving on today into the dispensation of government and then the dispensation of promise. And we'll see how far we get. Genesis chapter 12 which will begin the dispensation of promise when we get there. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Go to the end of Genesis, to the very end of Genesis. And in chapter 50, let's read from verse 22. The end of the book of Genesis. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, and he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Verse 24, and Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God shall surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him. He was put in a coffin in Egypt. And the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word. And let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that you are working, and you've never stopped working. And when your son came into this world, he proclaimed that he was working. Because you are always. Used to work. Father, we have seen you move through time. We have seen you work with the children of men. And we have not been an easy lot to work with. But you have been patient and faithful and loving. And for that, we give you thanks. Guide our thoughts this morning, we ask. For we ask it in Christ's name. I said we're going to be moving along this morning into the other dispensations. Going into human government. Now you've got to realize that the earth has been devastated. Everything has been destroyed by a great flood. Through that flood, God brought eight souls. Noah, his wife, his three sons, their wives, and through them now, he was going to repopulate the entire world again. And Cain had slain Abel, you remember? Which was a part of this whole downward trend of the wickedness of men's heart continually. 
When we get to human government now, after the flood, and you can read through it, it's a very short portion, really. You can read through this portion of the Word of God and see that how God began to allow men to establish tribal groups, tribal nations, portions that were there. God gave them responsibility. One of the responsibilities was capital punishment. Before God protected Now he said, you are to execute those who take a life. If a man takes a life, his life shall be given. And it is now in your jurisdiction to make sure that that happens. Capital punishment was given as a responsibility to man. Be fruitful, fill the earth, repopulate the earth. A command given to Noah, given to Ham, Shem, and Japheth given to them to repopulate this earth. That was their responsibility. And as I mentioned last week, this is one of the only responsibilities that man has been really faithful in accomplishing. For some reason, this one is okay. We get along with this one, all right. But they had failures. They didn't go around and spread and scatter throughout the whole earth. You see, in chapter 10 of Genesis, you see the list of all the nations. But before that list of all the nations, chapter 11 took place. And in chapter 11, we see all of them gathering together. They didn't spread. They didn't scatter over all the earth. Or at least they came back together, but they didn't scatter all over the earth as God had told them to. And they said, we will build a name for ourselves. We will build a name for ourselves. And they began to build a tower whose top would lead unto heaven. Of course, that's like a hyperbole. It's the idea that they are setting up a a monument unto themselves, reaching up to God. They called it Babel, which was the gateway to God. And God came down. And saw their disobedience. That they were not fulfilling his command to scatter and fill the earth. And he confused their languages. And he took Babel and turned it into Babel. It's a play on words. Babel simply means confusion. Now they were confused. They could not understand one another. And by force, they were forced now to separate from one another. And to repopulate the earth as was their responsibility. And then you get the list of all those nations that came out from the ark. That You can see the list of nations that comes down in the Old Testament and then is cut off. And then you see the list that continues on after the flood as God repopulates the earth. What continues? Capital punishment. Governments. There still is capital punishment in the world today, even though man is trying to get rid of it in many, many places. It was designed by God as a deterrent against murder. Now, capital punishment is is expanded to a lot of different things in the past. But it still stands. It still carries over. It's still a command of God. If you take a man's life, by man, your life should be taken. And governments are the ones that perform this. To be fruitful and repopulate. Continuing on. The wickedness of man's heart continues on. 
And his heart is still deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We are still wicked people in our unregenerate state. Mankind is still wicked doing the devices of their own heart. The continuance of the earth's cycles and seasons, they continue on. We were singing about it early. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest. Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature and manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. The times continue on. Harvest continues. The blessings of God in providing food for mankind. Eating meat continues. You remember after the flood, he gave them animals now to eat. Then he would go on in, in Exodus to limit the ones they could eat for different reasons. But man was given meat to eat. And I don't believe it was taken away. And I never see it rescinded anywhere. And I'm happy that it's not rescinded because I had a nice thick steak this last week and it was really good. But that, amen. I got an amen over there. <laughs> now, grace, I've said to you over and over again over the course of the last couple of weeks that grace is seen overshadowing all of the workings of God. It cannot be anything but because God is a God of grace and mercy. He always has been. He always will be. And grace overshadows all of these things. Grace working in different ways in the affairs of men to bring about His ordained purposes, to bring about His desired end. He is working through grace. The continuation of the seed is an evidence of His grace. The seed was not cut off in the, in the flood. The seed came through the flood and was being passed down from generation to generation. The faithfulness of God in preserving the seed of the Messiah that was to come. And then the call of Abraham and the nation through which the seed would come. So that's the way God has worked through human government. Now, I know there's many other things here that you would like to discuss. We simply do not have the time to do so. And we're going to be moving through some of these a bit more rapidly than even I would like to do. The next dispensation that we enter into is the dispensation of promise. The Abrahamic covenant of promise. I will make you a great nation. And it's very important that you recognize the I wills in these statements. This is an unconditional covenant. It depends on God and God alone for its fulfillment. God will be the one who will fulfill this covenant to the people of Israel, to Abraham and his seed. He will be the one who will fulfill it. It doesn't depend on man in any way. It doesn't depend on whether they are faithful and remain faithful. It depends on the faithfulness of God. I will do these things, Abraham. I am going to do these things. I am going to make of you a great nation. And through that nation, I am going to bring the seed who will redeem mankind. I will build you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. Who in this world does not know the name Abraham? 
I don't care if you're Jew. I don't care if you're Gentile. I don't care if you're Islamic. Abraham is a name that is known and revered among many different religious groups. And he fulfilled his promise and will continue to fill his promise to make his name great. And he is a picture, of course, of something, someone greater. I will bless those who bless you. Does this promise somehow get negated in our time? Is this somehow no longer in effect, that God is no longer blessing those who bless his people? I don't believe so. I believe that it is still true. I believe that this country has been blessed greatly over the years because we blessed Israel. And we defended her. And we stood by her. And in the present trend of things and the moving away from defending her and the moving away from blessing her, I think we are on dangerous ground. He will bless those who bless his people, the people of Israel, the people of Abraham. I will curse those who curse you. Who in this room wants the curse of God on them? Oh, I am so thankful that the curse is taken away from me in the blood of Christ. No condemnation now, I dread. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But this still holds to the nations around Israel. This still holds, I believe. The promise of God that he will curse those who curse him. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of the earth, Jew and Gentile alike, would be blessed through the promise made to Abraham. And we are indeed blessed. For we are now like the spiritual seed of Abraham, having been redeemed by the precious blood of the Son of God, the seed that was to come through him. Responsibility. Believe the promises that I have made. Here's the responsibility now given to man. We recognize it's an unconditional covenant that he gave. It depends on God completely, but he gave them responsibilities. Believe what I've said. Abraham, do you believe that I will give you a land? Do you believe that I will give you a son? Do you believe that through your son and through those generations that follow that I will bless, that I will provide? Do you believe in the promise, Abraham? Well, he did. And he moved out from Haran and went into the land of Canaan. Abraham, do you still believe me? Yes, Lord. He builds an altar. Do you still believe me? There's a famine in the land. Did I tell you this is your land? Did I tell you this is the land that I was going to give to you? Did I tell you to go down to Egypt? And Abram leaves Canaan in the time of famine and goes down to Egypt. Abram, do you believe me? Do you trust in me? Did I call you to Egypt? I did not call you to Egypt. And we remember the problems that Abraham encountered down there in Egypt. And then he was cast out and he came back. To the land, back to the altar that he had already built in Bethel. The house of God. 
And he offers up a sacrifice there. And he believes God. He believes God. Time is going by. The years are passing by. Abraham, do you still believe in me? Do you still trust me? Well, you know, I've had some problems here, God. I've had some problems. The things have not gone quite as smoothly as I would like. Thank you. I'm very rich. Thank you for all the prosperity I have. But I still do not have a son. I don't have a son. You remember all the problems he had with Lot. You remember all the difficulties he had with Lot. He even had to go rescue him after the kings came against the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. He had to go rescue Lot. And then he met Melchizedek, who blessed him. He blessed him, saying, Blessed be Abraham, by the God of heaven, the possessor of heaven and earth. And then immediately after that, immediately after that, you hear in, as God makes a covenant with Abraham in chapter 15, He makes a covenant with Abraham in chapter 15. And it begins like this. And after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. And Abram said to him, But Lord God. And it's the first time Adonai is ever used in Scripture. Adonai meaning the one who possesses you. He's just talked about possession in the the previous chapter. Now it's the God who possesses me. You are the God who possesses me. You are the God who owns me. You are my master. Adonai, Yahweh, what will you give me? What will you give me seeing I go childless? I still don't have an heir. You promised me an heir. Abram, do you still believe me? Do you still believe the promise that I gave? Do you trust me? Or do you not trust me? Did I not promise you a child? But, but Eleazar is the only one in my family. I don't have a child. And he enters into that covenant with Abraham. You remember, he enters into that covenant. And the animals are split. And he walks through between the pieces as a flaming torch. And he confirms the covenant with Abraham. And he gives him the... the prophecy that his children are going to be in a foreign land for 400 years and he will bring them out with a mighty power abram do you believe me do you trust in the promise you see this is the dispensation of promise i've made you this promises are you trusting me are you believing me are you resting in the promises that i gave you are you resting in the promises i gave you do you believe in me. Do you believe the promises? He made a covenant with him. And then he even spells out where and how far the land will expand. And we'll look at that in just a second. And the immediate story following this great, great movement of God. Another great footprint of God in the life of Abraham. The very next thing is Hagar. Sarah says, Sarah says, yeah, I, I don't have a child. I'm barren. The Lord has not given me a child. What can we do? 
Sarah comes up with the idea, doesn't she? I'll give you Hagar, my handmaid, and she can have a child for me. And that will be our heir. Abram, do you believe the promise that I've given you? Do you believe the promise? Did I say that you were going to have a wife from your handmaid? Where's your faith now, Abraham? Where's it gone? Do you believe? Do you believe the promises? This is your responsibility to believe the promises of God. And he gives him another promise in chapter 18. Now Abraham and Sarah were well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. She had passed the age of childbearing. And Abram says that his body was as good as dead. And now God says, your bodies are both as good as dead. Now I will give you a child, and I will bring life out of death. 25, 30 years had gone by since the promise made to him. 25, 30 years had gone by since God had called him and made promises to him. Are you faithful to the promise of God? God would challenge that, wouldn't he? Abram, you have a son now, Isaac. You have a son. What a nice little bouncing child it is, isn't it? He's growing up in your household. Look how big and strong he's getting now. Look at your son. Have you transferred your faith now from me to your son? You see the promises I've rested in him. Have you transferred your faith now from me to your son? Well, Abram, we're going to get that straightened out right now. Give me back Isaac. You take Isaac to the place that I will show you, and you offer him there as a sacrifice unto me. We'll see how your faith is. Did God know? And Abram takes Isaac, his only son, the son of the promise, and he puts him on an altar, and he raises up his knife to slit his throat and to give him as a sacrifice unto God. Hebrews tells us that he believed that God would raise him up from the dead. Why did he believe that? Because he was the promise. Abraham did indeed believe in the promise of God. It took him a while. It took time of training. It took time of living. But he believed that God had given him this son. And he would raise him up from the dead if he slayed him. Because God's promises are yea and amen. He reiterates those promises to, to Isaac. You'll read on in the story. He reiterates the same promises of the land. He reiterates those promises to Jacob. As time goes on. This is what I will do. And so, believe in the promises that I have given you. Oh, my brothers and sisters, do we believe in the promises of God? God has given you promises. He's promised to always be with you and never forsake you. Do you believe that? If you believe that, why sometimes are we so... Mm, 
when he's with us. Things may not always be the way we think they should be, but can we trust God? He is always good. Do we believe it? He has promised to be with us to the end. He has promised to go through the valley of the shadow of death with us. He's promised that he's prepared a place for us. Do we believe in the promises of God? Do we believe in his promises? Do we really believe that he's prepared a place for us and that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord? Or do we fear death? It's been a great challenge these last couple of years. Where is our faith placed? Live by faith was the challenge to Abram. And we remember that he believed God and God accredited to him as righteousness. He had faith. He believed God. And so have you who know him as your Savior. So have you. He has given you new life in his Son. He who has the Son has life. And we have new life in Him. And we live by faith in the promises of God. We used to, we used to sing as children, every promise in the book is mine. Every verse, every thought, every line. I'm glad that's not true. Because a lot of the promises in the book are for damnation and judgment on those who have not believed. They are not my promises. I have been redeemed. I have been set free. The judgment was paid for me. The promise of a land. He gives the very dimensions of that land. They have not yet possessed this land in these dimensions. To the day in which we live, the promise that God made to Abram for the land that he would possess, they have never possessed all of that land. And this is a great eschatological promise. Because if they have not yet ever occupied all the land that God has promised them, that either means that God was mistaken or that God still plans to give it to them one day. So which one of those do you think is true? I think God is planning on giving to them a land promised yet to be given. A literal fulfillment one day of the promise that God has made. God is not like man that he should lie. God is not like man that he should promise to Israel and then say, well, I promised this to you, Israel, but you know what? I've decided I'm just going to give it to the church. And we'll look at that later on as we move forward. This is the land that was promised to them. In chapter 15 and other places. This is the land that was promised to them. Look, look here. Where's Israel? That little tiny sliver there. But look under Solomon. This was the greatest expanse of the kingdom ever under Solomon. Does it look anything like the other one? Does it look anything like the promises? It has not yet been fulfilled. Israel has never yet fully possessed the land. But one day they will. God will fulfill his promises to Abram. What are the carryovers? The promise of the land carries over. 
into the dispensation that we live in today. God has not reneged on his promise to Israel. They have been set aside for a time. But God will fulfill his promise. The promise of the blessing to his seed. He has promised. And it continues over. The blessings to the Gentile in the Messiah. It carries over to our very day, doesn't it? Are you not blessed in the Messiah? Israel's Messiah. Are you not blessed in the Lord Jesus Christ who has redeemed you? In him, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And here we are in Brantford, Connecticut, sitting around listening to a message blessed by God. The message isn't blessed. You are blessed. Circumcision for Israel continues on down to this day. Promise. What about grace? God carries them through multiple failures multiple times because it was a promise that he had made that he was going to fulfill and he carries them through multiple failures just read through the book of genesis just read through the early portions of the book of exodus before this dispensation winds down and these things carry over multiple multiple failures on man's behalf but god carries them through his promises do not depend on man They don't depend on how well you perform. To this day, your salvation and your redemption does not depend on how well you perform. Aren't you glad for that? It depends on how well the Son of God performed on the cross and the offering that He gave there for the sins of the world. Depends on Him. I stand, as the song says, I stand upon His merit. I know no other stand. Not even where glory dwells in Emmanuel's land. I stand on His merit. His promises don't depend on man and He will fulfill them. The promise of the seed continues on. From this point, it will continue on. We will watch the footsteps of God moving forward into law, moving forward into the, the dispensation of the church and on into the future, into the millennial reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham believed God. Have you? Have you placed your faith and trust in the living God? Have you placed your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? He's moving forward. Don't be left behind. He's moving forward. And in his grace, he will provide a deliverer as he promised in Moses. He will provide a deliverer in Moses. That's grace. Here they are down in Egypt. At the end of this period of of the promise, this dispensation where all was depending on believing in the promise, we're down into this last segment of it, and the people are in bondage in Egypt. 400 years of bondage in Egypt, just as God told Abram they would be. And he was going to make a mighty nation of them. Did he renege on his promise? No. Did he send a deliverer? Yes. Was the deliverer reluctant? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But God is powerful to accomplish what he desires to do in the lives of men. Are you yielding to him? Are you resisting 
Are you yielding to him or resisting him? God brings a deliverer. And out of Egypt, he will bring his people as a mighty nation. Mighty nation. Two million plus strong. He will bring out and deliver through the Passover lamb. He will bring them out. They will come out. They will come to the Red Sea. God will deliver them. They will call across and rejoice in God, their, their, their deliverer. They will rejoice and sing praise unto him. And a little while later, God is going to send Moses, after several failures, God is going to send Moses up into the mountain, and there he is going to give him the law to govern the nation of Israel, to govern them to give them rules and regulations that they are to follow. And he promised that he would be in their midst. And so he was. And the tabernacle was built. And there he resided in the middle, in the center of his people. All the tribes gathered around him. And he in the center of his people. And our time is gone. I still have the dispensation of law we have to get through today. But guess what? We're not going to get through it today. Which leaves me one week to do law, grace, and millennium. So when you come after, we'll be gone next week because we have to go out to Chicago for that funeral. And uh, John has graciously given up the first Sunday of, of August to me so we can finish. When you come on that Sunday... Bring your seatbelts, because either we're going to move very fast or we're going to be staying a long time. Bring a, bring a lunch, bring a bag lunch. You know, we'll, we'll kind of work through it as we go. But you see God moving? Do you see God moving through time? Bringing about his purposes, bringing about his desire, his final end desire to bring the seed into the world to deliver you and to deliver me, and to deliver all the people who had faith in the promises of God. So we'll end there for today. Father, we are thankful to you for your kindness, your grace, your mercy toward us. Father, you've been working in our lives all of these years since the time we first placed our faith and trust in your Son. You've been working in our lives. And we have failed. And we have stumbled. But you have never left us. You have never forsaken us. And your promises to us are still yea and amen. And one day you will bring us through. You will bring us through. And we will be with you forever. Because of your faithfulness. Because of your promise. Because we have placed our faith and trust in your Son. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing in this world even today for you have not changed and you're still moving forward and one day we will hear the shout or one day we'll be caught up to be with you and we know that that time is coming and we all would join in and say even so come Lord Jesus we give you thanks and praise in his name Amen